Welcome to the Inspired Peak Performance Flowcast. Drop in as we dive deep into the epic moments of high performance from around the world, where we aim to unlock the valuable insights into their vision and the strategies applied in the pursuit of their own version of greatness. We'll discuss the experiences that led them there and what state they were in when they arrived. I'm your host, Paul Price, and this is The Flowcast. In today's episode of The Flowcast, I have the privilege to spend time deep in conversation with not only an epic peak performer, but a man who is just an outright beautiful and inspiring human. Joe Courtney is a former NBA star who carved out his own pathway to success and has carried the principles of that success into preceding endeavors with huge, huge momentum. Beginning his basketball career in the 10th grade, Joe used the power of a clear vision, mindset, passion, and relentless work ethic, or love as he likes to call it, to reach the pinnacle of the basketball world when he was recruited by the Chicago Bulls after he missed out on being drafted from college. His story of placing himself in Chicago to be noticed by Tim Grover, Michael Jordan's trainer, is a story not to be missed. Joe stayed true to the vision he had casted and developed his craft to earn his right to compete and play alongside some of the greats including the greatest of all time Michael Jordan with the Chicago Bulls and Charles Barkley with the Phoenix Suns. Since retiring from pro basketball, Joe has continued to create massive visions for himself. He has written an inspiring book with the title Life Above and Beyond the Rim and has created massive success in his creative passion of design building and architecture. Joe's story is one of impact. Not only do we talk about some of the epic moments with Jordan and Phil Jackson, but we draw on the early lessons in his life that continue to serve him well today. And we touch on just how important it is to find flow in your life to achieve happiness and fulfillment in anything you do. There truly is so much in this episode that I know you'll find some value and inspiration to draw on in your own pursuit of greatness. To help us further our reach, please stop by and leave us a review on Spotify or iTunes and feel free to subscribe. I would love to connect with you at inspiredpeakperformance.com or on Instagram at inspiredpeakperformance. Now strap in, enjoy the ride with Mr. Joe Courtney. Joe Courtney, welcome to the Flowcast. What's happening? Thank you for having me. This is, this is a really cool platform, man. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, I'm super excited that, uh, that you've uh, taken the time to join us here. And um, it has been a bit of, bit of a moment since we've, we've spoken last. I think we just figured out it was probably about six or seven years, I think. In the- yeah, that's a long time to go without one of my favorite human beings, man. <laughs> you made me wait wait that long man come on dude we (laughs) we really hit it off dude it was awesome man you've been you've been oh we did i remember i remember meeting you in toronto um we're at a conference and um we were at the the bar afterwards hanging out and chatting and then you walked in um bigger than life and then it wasn't um it wasn't long till we sort of merged together and started having conversation and i think we spent about the next two hours just in the tucked in the corner away from everybody just chatting about sport and business and life and uh yes. yeah it was, it, was a, it was a great connection and uh and you become a great friend and uh really 
really grateful that uh, to have you in, in in my life. So, no, thank you for that. Yeah, that kind of connection is li is literally one of the one of a lifetime type thing. So I appreciate it as well. Yeah, cool, cool man. Well, you know, we're, this is the first time that I've actually done this. Um, so you know, this is this is episode number eight for the Flowcast, but this okay. is the first time that I've actually put this out live onto into the hemispheres of the world and on the internet. And um, so it's a it's a first for the Flowcast. And um, so for the listeners out there who who may be watching, um, bear with us for any technical issues, um, any delays or anything like that. But um, but we'll uh, we'll get stuck into it. So Joe. <laughs> So you've had quite the epic career, um, not only in the NBA, but um, I mean, you've played for, for teams all around the world, really. And you have also had quite the success in business. Um, you've written an unbelievably awesome book and, and you also touched the lives of many through your speaking um, and training on mindset and performance. But I, I wanna start at the beginning of where passion and purpose was created for you. Now, I, I know you grew up in, um, in Jackson, in Mississippi. Yes. Yeah, and, um, um, I, well, I started in Heidelberg, Germany, but I was born in Jackson, Mississippi. And, and at six months old, I was flown to Heidelberg, Germany when my father was in the service. And uh, so I, I grew up there till about seven and a half, eight years old and went back to Mississippi. And I was a little black kid speaking German that, uh, didn't go over so well at first. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I made it through. A, bit, a little bit of a challenge for you there. You just a little bit. First one to start, you know. Yeah. So so how so what was so what did you recognize at, at that like as as the challenge of, of that? What was that like as a, such a young kid? You know, it was interesting because obviously going through it, you're going through what you go through. Um but I noticed that uh, for some reason, um, <clears throat> you know, it was just more perceptive. Like, uh, I think that's important to mention because the way I am now mm -hmm. is, it's like there's two, uh, you, know, you, you know, Joe, the guy that's outgoing personality, whatever. But then there's a second uh, nature that just observes mm -hmm. at the same time. And so I was deep into that when I was younger. I remember my mother told me that I didn't say a word until I was like three and a half years old, really. And all of a sudden I spoke in paragraphs. No way. And she said like, it freaked her out a little bit. She was like, did what are you saying? Like she, she was startling, like, where did you get all of that? Like whatever, right? <laughs> And I was, uh, I was really big to the arts. So I sat, I just sat in front of the television and I would paint and draw and I just never said a word. And all of a sudden I just came out to the world. So it was kind of interesting uh, that whatever happened through that process when I was in Heidelberg, Germany, uh, kind of, and then coming back to Jackson, Mississippi, kind of just, it was a unique uh, uh, start. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, awesome. So, so. So back in Jackson, Mississippi. So what what was your childhood like? What was the um, the upbringing like? And was basketball something that was you were drawn to? Immediately, you said you were very arts and, and creative. I was in the arts and creative period, and and so um, it just so happened genetically that when I hit the you know ninth grade, I was like six two and a half, 
<laughs> and so at the same time, I'm peak, you know, I'm six, two and a half. I'm, I'm presenting, you know, my artwork to the Browns museums and this special school of the arts. And, uh, and so, uh, with my father, that wasn't really, a, uh, he, he loved sports and, and he just saw that as like, oh my God, an artist. Oh no. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> he said, dude, no, no, pick up a football, dude, like whatever. So, but it was a passion for me and it allowed me to express myself and everything else. So I was able to develop a lot early, probably uh, as I know now mentally, but at then I thought I was just expressing myself through art. Mm -hmm. And so um, my dad wanted me to play sports really bad. Uh, and it was kind of, wasn't really, it was an ultimatum. It was like, you're going to be in my house, you're going to play sports. And so my mother being a supporter that she was, uh, she helped me find uh, something that, that fit for me. So wow. eventually uh, my 10th grade year, uh, she turned on a television and, and, uh, and there was a basketball game on uh, because it had, by that time it had gotten pretty serious. My dad was like, all right, you got to go play some sports, you know? And um, the game that turned on was the game with a guy named Michael Jordan running down the court, Chicago Bulls. And, uh, you know, I, I, funny for me, everybody's looking at the game at different things and different uh, details. I noticed his wristband on his arm because I thought it would look kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> and that was... And that, <laughs> and that ended up being the little artistic thing that hooked me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, next thing you know, I get a wristband put on my arm. I go to school the next day and I run into the coach as I'm walking by the gym. And he goes, what are you doing with that wristband on your arm? And I said, well, I guess I'm going to be a basketball player. And he goes, have you ever been played basketball? And I go, nope. And he says, meet me after school. And that's where it all started. Wow. So just just like that on a whip, <laughs> which is crazy, that, that part of the story, because it's similar how my squash career started. Just yeah. In a, my parents, one Sunday afternoon, squash came on TV, and it was a guy named Rod Martin, who was, became an Australian player, became world champion, who I also got to train with, eventually compete. Yeah. I didn't really compete with him. He sort of retired probably a little bit earlier than what he probably should have through injuries and stuff. But but then he also became one of my coaches and uh, was the head coach of the Australian men's team that we won world championship titles for. So, and, and the, the journey I know, we'll, and we'll get to there that you've, uh, that you shared the team with, uh, with Michael Jordan as well. But uh, yeah. so that, 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 that alignment of your story, uh, like it's given me goosebumps just sort of. Uh, that's crazy. That, that, I didn't know that by, by the way, Paul, I didn't know that. That's, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. So, but it, it's amazing to me. Um, and, and, and on Flowcast, we've had a, a few guests, we've talked about this, these piv pivotal moments that are something that just etched in your mind forever that really changed the na navigation of your life in a completely different direction to where right. um, your things. And that, that thing for you was that wristband and this, this guy, Michael Jordan. Now, now, when, now I know you said the, the wristband, <laughs> wrist was the thing that, that drew you in. Now, being a creative type, now, Michael was probably one of the most creative basketball players that's ever existed and maybe even argument, we could argue that he's still his to today. Um, yes. Was there an element of the creativity that he produced on the court, the way he played, the way he carried himself that you think resonated with you from that creative um, space as well? 
100%. The, the wristband was just the thing that I noticed up front. Mm-hmm. And then that forced me to, uh, uh, to watch the rest of the elegance of how his cadence and pace was different from everyone else. And yeah. then I started noticing not only on top of that, uh, his type of athlete. Like I was noticing things that I didn't know what I was looking at. Let's put it that way. And uh, I'll tell you this, uh, we don't know this, like I'm older now, I'm 51 years old, and, and uh, I can express this now. But if you look back at that scenario, a wristband, and seven and a half years later, I'm sitting in a car with Michael Jordan after a preseason game, we still had our uniforms on, and talk about, you know, the intenseness of, of what connects you and what changes the direction of your life. There was a kid that came up uh, because there's fans all around the limousine and we were going back to the hotel. So we left early uh, and we still had our uniforms on. And as the window of the limousine was going up, uh, he was, you know, we were saying goodbye, whatever, waving to people and one little kid comes and I'm sitting on that side where the kid comes to the window. Michael Jordan is sitting to the left of me. And uh, cause I was his rookie, you know, uh, I had made it to be Michael Jordan's rookie. We went everywhere together and, wow. and uh, he, he protected me and took care of me. But this kid yells out, Mr. Jordan, Mr. Jordan, can I please have your wristband? And at that moment, time stood still for me. And I had not thought about that until that moment, that that was the reason why I picked up a basketball the first time in my life. And this was the man sitting next to me that ignited that and connected. And here was a kid who was, you know, uh, thrust into that moment as a trigger to just like, oh my God. And I remember looking and MJ takes the, takes the wristband off his arm and gives it to the kid. And as he's passing in front of my face, I'm kind of looking and I'm just looking straight ahead like, oh my God, tingling, right? And I would never let him know that. And then he looks at me, he goes, Courtney, what's up? What's, what's wrong with you? I go, oh, nothing, nothing. And I never said anything about it ever. Wow. And, uh, but I remember that moment distinctly. And that was literally like seven and a half years later after that moment of me seeing Michael with a wristband in his arm and igniting my career good start, you know? So pretty interesting. That's, that gave me goosebumps again. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I, I, but it's, it's, the, it's those little moments that, as you said, ignite passion, connect people and, and change the, the direction. So, you know, who knows where that wristband ended up into whose kids' hands to inspire them to do whatever it is they went on to do in their life. Right. Absolutely. You know, so, um, but yeah, it, it seems, it seems to me that there's always these little insignificant moments in our lives that have such the biggest meanings. And it's not until later in our life where we look back and go, wow, like that, right. that was, that was important. Right. Um, right. Which I think says a lot for the, the, um, if we think about being present in the present moment and living in the present moment, how these little insignificant moments can, can fly by us that if we're not paying attention can, you know, you can, you can miss opportunity or miss an opportunity to learn something new or to grow in a different direction uh, or at least open your eyes to something new that may 
um, lead to some some other form of ripple effect in life. So, oh, I, I think it's so. I think you're so right on with that. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay. So you've, you've you've now talked to the basketball coach. He's like, all right, let, meet me after school. Let's do this thing. Yeah. So talk me through the next the next sort of couple of years from that moment forward. Like, did you immerse yourself in basketball? So, so um, I had to find a balance. So the one thing I knew that I loved was the arts. Mm -hmm. I, uh, uh, when I say the arts, uh, I love being creative. I love, it was where I found connection. <laughs> I grew up in a household that wasn't the friendliest. My mother was amazing. My dad was very stern and, and very, uh, you know, let's just put it that way. And so I, I uh, the arts was a way for me to, to get away and express myself and be me uh, without being ridiculed of who I wasn't by not being a sports player and uh, finding a, having a little bit of a comfort zone there. But so once I started playing basketball and trying to play basketball, I searched uh, significantly for that balance of having acceptance um, and finding an acceptance, finding something to stand on to say, okay, I'm, I'm going into this endeavor. I'm connected to it through a, uh, an artistic, creative thing. How do I uh, figure this out on my feet? How do I figure this out on my feet to find a balance to make me fit in enough to where I'm not just wasting my time, I'm being productive, I'm, I'm having an impact, and maybe I can figure it out, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so a lot of it was uh, initially just trying to find that balance and get on my feet and being a late bloomer playing your, your you know, a sport that most people were already advanced in and, and starting your 10th grade year, it was inevitable that I was just going to be behind for a long time. And so, um, but I start studying and noticing when I would listen to Michael Jordan's interviews and he was cut from his ninth grade basketball team yeah. and that really impacted me and I'm like wait a minute here's the greatest player that's ever played arguably and he was cut from his so I'm like wait a minute I'm just in the 10th grade I'm just starting but he wasn't supposedly good enough his ninth grade so like that's all the connection that I needed like what did he do and you start uh, you dig it into that and you saw that he spent hours upon hours upon hours upon hours uh, getting, you know, perfecting the shot, the this, the that, the everything that. And so I, I, I had to find a creative way to duplicate some semblance of that with myself. And then the more I would study Magic Johnson and I'd hear about the hours upon hours, and then you started learning about um, the mastery of, you know, 10,000 hours and 20,000 hours. Uh, and then you start buying into a concept that starts separating you. And the reason why it starts separating you is because you're starting to have progress. Because even if you start at zero and, you know, forget being the, one of the best players in the world, if you start at zero and you work your ass off for six months, you're going to be better than you were six months earlier, right? Yeah. So, so I just connected to those things and, and was visually creating this, this visual world that I could be in. And I just, I forced through my hard work, the results to happen uh, 
a lot alongside my vision, even though statistically it wasn't supposed to be the case. Yeah. So just to touch on that, you said on your visual world. So tell me more about that. So, you know, did you spend time visualizing outcomes like you know, playing in the NBA? Like what were, what were you visualizing at that point? So, you know, upon taking on someone else's, um, like I said, very, very straightforward. I'm an artist. I was very visual. So my connection to sports was visual. Mm. Uh, it was what I could see, what I could dream of, what I could, the, the experience that I had created in my mind that I wanted to share. Yeah. And so that was my connection point. And I didn't have the other connection points of some of the other players who were more static and uh, were connected to, to sports for other ways and other reasons. Mine was intently, intently visual. And seeing Michael Jordan hold the basketball and laying on the floor uh, with the basketball because they'd won a championship or uh, seeing him, you know, dominate gracefully and, and just, uh, you know, all the stars I started, you know, the Pete Maravages of the world. Okay, this guy was freaking prolific. He was able to do things with the basketball and they talked about him dribbling the ball on the railroad tracks just hours upon hours. I, got, I became obsessed with the visual representation of could Joe Courtney make himself something great that could be looked at and accepted, okay, yeah. accepted for making this choice, right? And so there was a lot to learn. There was a lot to weed through because the reality of it is you're also in high school. You're also dealing with teenagers and kids and the negativity of you're six, six, you're supposed to be able to do this and you yeah. suck, <laughs> you know? So you, so you had to get to a point where um, you were accomplishing enough to still reconnect you with your vision. Mm. But the reality of you still being behind meant that it, you just needed more and more work, right? Yeah. You needed more and more work. You needed more and more secrets. And uh, I know, I know that was one of the best things I've ever learned in my life was that there is no secret that, you yeah. know what I mean? That, that was the most revealing thing. And it was the most exciting thing I was uh, wanting to share with my son. There is no special, you know, strength or uh, secret. It, it literally purely is what you do with your makeup, you yeah. know, how you carve and connect to you to the inner zen of your makeup of where you want to be and where you want to go so anyway um so yeah man it was uh, that process kept me going hi it's paul price here from inspired peak performance i just want to take a quick moment to mention the inaugural flagship program of inspired peak performance the game changer if you are a high performing executive leader entrepreneur or high performance coach who has struggled your way through 2020 with a lack of time, clarity, and the energy required to thrive amidst all the uncertainty and challenges your high-stress environment has thrown your way, both personally and professionally, and you're looking for a unique, supportive, and accountable way to level up in season 2021, then the Game Changer is for you. My 25 years of experience in the world of peak performance is laced with success and failure, and ultimately led to becoming a former top five world-ranked athlete a Commonwealth Games medalist and the head Australian squash coach. 
The Game Changer combines that experience with scientifically backed training and tools developed by the leaders in peak performance training and psychology to create a platform that supports all areas of performance and well-being. I know and understand the pressures of performance in high-stress environments. I know how epic the highs are and I know just how dark the lows are. I'm also aware of just how quickly the two extremes can oscillate leading to overwhelm, poor decision making and lack of clarity. Not to mention making you feel like you don't have enough time to engage in other important areas of your life. The Game Changer truly is for leaders who operate day in day out in high stress, volatile and unpredictable environments who are looking to access the focus, ferocity and energy of a world class athlete to achieve daily peak performance, well-being, all the while living a high flow lifestyle. Peak performance is an infinite game and one that requires us to be fully connected to our humanistic needs, deploying epic recovery and engaging in the basics of positive psychology. Sustainable peak performance just cannot be achieved without it. And trust me, I know. You see, no matter what your biggest challenges are or what your boldest visions look like, the journey to a championship and growth is a long and enduring one. It's not all roses and victory. The contrast in life is where the richness exists. Therefore, it's essential that as you progress through this epic journey, you are supported via a community of like-minded individuals who will not only challenge you and compete with you, but they are willing to lay it all on the line and fail, struggle and succeed gracefully with you. The Game Changer is an exclusive and fully immersive online training and coaching program for 20 like-minded people who will come together in teams to compete in the gamified experience. All sessions are delivered live and recorded via one-on-one coaching, group training, special guest masterclasses and an accountability team to ensure your results. You and your teammates will be guided through three stages of impact, just like a sporting season. We will recruit and rebuild, ensuring that we have aligned our strengths, beliefs and vision before heading into pre-season training to make sure that our game plans and our habits of performance are zoned in. Once we have prepared ourselves accordingly, we will then head into the competition phase where we will execute a high flow existence to achieve some incredible results individually and collectively. If you're interested in finding out more, please head to the inspiredpeakperformance.com website to find out more details. There are only 20 spots available for the inaugural intake and applications are now open. Head to the website, book in your call, and let's get to know each other to ensure that the game changer is right for you. Now let's go back to the Flowcast. And so what would you say would, would be the highlight of your, your high school career? Okay, this is cool. All right. Dang, I can't, believe, I can't believe I just like, that just came off like to, from that question. I never thought I would be able to answer that that fast. Okay, so we're talking about this visualization, which I'm big in uh, when it comes to me getting into zone. Like, you know, we'll talk about that later, I'm sure, but that's, I'm big in that, right? So I learned a valuable lesson. So here I am uh, working my tail off to do everything I can to keep all this balance and the balance of the coaches, the players, and this, and that, and the other. And I had, I had skill sets and talents. I got recognized. I had become a starting center for the team the next year, my junior year. I was six foot six. And, uh, and I was just, just doubling down, working, 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 working. And then all of a sudden, this one game came up. We were supposed to play a game. And I was walking uh, in the morning or at nighttime in the middle of the night. And my mother had this table, this 
just beautiful table, but just hard as rocks. Yeah. And, and I was half asleep and I slammed my toe into this table so hard that I'm just like, oh my God, right? And I literally fell to the floor. I'm, it's throbbing. I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God. And I had a game the next day, this big game the next day. It was all in the newspaper, you know, uh, you know, it was all this buildup. And to a high school, and to a high school kid, that's like the be all and end all, right? It's like that's it, dude. It's like my, my whole entire being is wrapped up in this game. My my everything. I visualized myself. I had fooled myself. I had fooled the world and made it to be a basketball player. They believe me. I'm a good. They believe that I'm a good basketball player. And now they're even saying if he can have a good game, this game, it will prove his worth of being this basketball player, right? This good. It was. It was the next tier, right? It was the thing, right? And I remember uh, my mother came out and I was screaming, like kind of rolling. And, and uh, she's, oh my God, you know, so two and a half hours, almost three hours in the middle of the night, we were doctoring this toe up and it's my baby, my little baby toe, right? Oh, no. <laughs> but, so I'm just like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And so somehow, some way, we just decided to just wrap it up on my mom. I don't know, I'm, I got to try, right? And so we just strapped this damn thing, my toe to my foot, you know, and I'd call the coach and the coach is like, oh, son, we really need you to play. It's, you know, it's a big, big game. It's, well, what's interesting about that, this is the be one of the better, uh, other better, uh, best lessons that I've learned, that I learned through the process. And this was a snap, dude, this was a snap. You'll get this. Yeah. So I go out, it's numb. And my coach was just like, son, just, just if you can't feel it, then just keep, just do what you can. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you can't feel it, you do what you can. And so I'm like, all right, coach, I'm right. You know, so I'm warming up and I, it's numb. I, what am I going to do? Right. And I was focused on that toe that so much that I ended up having 17 block shots that game. I broke a state record. I did more things offensively than I, it just freed me. It just like, it was unlocked. Like there was mm -hmm. just something I lived just went poof. Yeah. Right? And I realized after that game that I had visually put myself in so many little corners of restrictions because of where I should be that, that my, my, once I just released it all and just became reactive, for all the thousands of hours I'd put in or hundreds of hours or what do you want to call it? They just took over. Yeah. And I had seven, I broke a state record, still stands today. And uh, it, it opened my game up. Like I was hitting turnaround jump shots and I was doing stuff that I could probably couldn't do again today. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so not only did that solidify me as the best player in the state or the one of the best players in the state, but it, it changed. It, it uh, solidified me that I was going to be a D one college player. It, uh, it opened the floodgates just opened up. Uh, and my, my seat, my rest of my junior year, my senior year became great as a result. Wow. Isn't that again, those moments of adversity and challenge that, <laughs> raise the bar for us and we and we briefly touched on kind of flow science a little bit before this and like when there's complexity challenge and everything sort of meets but you're able to sort of nail your focus down to to the, the present moment 
and sort of right. so I love that what you said free yourself yes. from thinking and trying to predict and you know just let your pattern recognition just let your innate intuition and ability to take over and do what it does and there's so much untapped potential in there if we let our kind of prefrontal cortex of our brain you know navigate things too much and that's why I love the whole thing about flow like being in flow being in the zone it's it's a powerful place to be and it's and it's and we've all we've all been there we've all felt it um yeah. and it's it's something that as athletes you're always trying to get back to as well but you know that's that's what it leads to but you you forgot about performing you took your mind up performing and then actually ended up just being on autopilot and just performing out of your mind which is crazy right uh yeah, yeah it's crazy it, it uh it definitely reconnects with um, it, was, it was that was the first early sign uh, that I think that I can connect and draw a dotted line to in my book. I, I think you remember when I uh, chapter five was exposing the thief from within, yeah. which is basically the limitless belief that keeps you um, keeps your glass ceiling. You know what I mean? And it's all these little micro things that we've told ourselves or heard or start believing at some point in time that starts creating these, this invisible restrictions. Yeah. Uh, and it, and it, and it messes with our happiness. Like, because if you, if you think, you know, the, even just that moment, which was obviously it was a long time ago, whatever. Uh, but just the amount of happiness I had after that, you know, during that process of just complete flow at that state. Uh, when I say flow, I mean, just like being in zone, just like whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah the amount of the the peak happiness at that moment was as good as anything yeah even though i was in high school you know it wasn't the, the big dunk i had you know against golden state warriors with michael jordan passed me the ball but but it was as happy yeah i yeah. was as complete you know what i mean yeah a peak experience like that a flow experience no matter you know and we've had them throughout childhood you know if you think back you know, like imagine yourself being, uh, you know, creating something in your bedroom as a kid, like just in the zone, like, like peak experience, you know, and the things that we, we, as we get older, we tend to move away from more and yes. more. And we, we have less of these ex peak experiences in our life, which create the room for, for us to fill them in another way. And another way that actually isn't a peak experience and that actually, you know, leads us to, overthinking and, and being too judgmental on ourselves, our self-talk and all these things, which kind of block us, as you said, you know, that limit, that thief from within like comes yeah. out and starts to take control, you know, by, by immersing yourself in those peak experiences or the activities that bring you into that space. There you go. You know, you, 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 you're, you're basically eliminating the possibility for that thief to come into your, that, that, that inner demon, I call it, into, into the, um, to the forefront to go, you're not good enough to do that. Absolutely. Like, you, 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 why would you do that? Like this, now oh, it's going to take so much effort to go and do this. Da, 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 da. Right. And, and, and then we just sort of sit there and, and can sit back on our heels and do nothing about it. So right. I love the way you, 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 you connected that. Like it's, um, it's so, it's so powerful and it doesn't matter whether you're 16, 17 years of age or whether you're a 20, 28 year old at the peak of your career, slam dunking a ball, um, off Michael Jordan's pass. Like, yeah. Peak experience yeah. is peak experience, and it's it and it's happiness, it's joy, and it's and it's not biased between what moment would be greater than the other. Absolutely, absolutely.
yeah, I, I think your innate uh, instinctual, just pure body and soul just fills it wherever it is, you know? Yeah, yeah, I love that. Cool. All right, so now you're the, you're the best, best basketballer in the state and high school level. So now you get recruited. One of the best. One of the best, okay. <laughs> to me, you're the best, okay? So, <laughs> yeah, all right, good. Yeah. Um, so, so from that point, you get recruited into, into university um, to play college basketball? Yes, yeah. So uh, I ended up uh, having, you know, tons of good scholarship offers. Um, and I ended up choosing to stay close to home because of my mother and, and so on and so forth. So, and, you know, not knowing, I mean, uh, I was the first person that, that went to college, uh, out of my family, let alone the first basketball player, um, to play, you know, college sports. Um, and so, um, I had a lot of opportunity, um, and I just went, uh, obviously went to what I knew, which was staying close to mom and, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, and trying to find a way to still connect myself to that vision of where I would want to be, uh, eventually one day, cause I did make a goal for the NBA. Did. At that point. When, when yeah. did you set that goal? When did I make the goal? Yeah. So basically once I, once I got involved and I start having these moments of acceleration and, and knowing that, you know, I, you know, these, these exponential moments that just boom, boom. And then um, comparing them to guys who had been doing this for a long time and, and me, not only depending on them to, for acknowledgement, not at all. It was my recognition of uh, through my own way of, wait a minute, you know, this guy is a great player, this, that, and the other, but I can see a crack that I can be this much better or whatever. So does that mean that I might have an opportunity, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To go further or, or just as good or whatever. So, so uh, uh, I just said with a connection point and my mother being kind of connected, it made her extremely happy. It was just all of a sudden a visual dream goal that, uh, that I made, we both connected with and I never left it. I never left it. It, it became everything. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, and then so 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 from there let you know so the step so you're on the the cusp so when you were on the cusp of being recruited into the nba so what was what was your mindset what was the feelings that you had around that time around will i get drafted will i not or you know and and i'm not familiar with the process so was it sort of set in stone at that point that you were going to be drafted or no that sort of like you're on the cusp or what and talk me through that's, that. that that's a very interesting question i think that's uh, i think that's the the i've never talked about this before and i think it's really good to share uh so once again remember this all started with a visual right so it's yeah. a vision and at no point was uh, scouts coming out of the woodwork saying your son is going to be the truth your son is going to be this starting forward one day on this NBA team, your son is going to, none of that was in the cards. Mm-hmm. It was all manifestation of uh, something that I saw for my life. I connected with, uh, you know, through this connection point of creativity that I obsessed over and, and had to make it, had to make it happen. And when I say had to make it happen, 
I had to make it happen because I obsessed over it and it was nothing else was a purpose behind it. Yeah, I could fall back on architecture because I loved arts and everything. So obviously in school, I went to school for architecture and did that. Mm -hmm. But in college, the whole time I was still catching up because as I'm getting more advanced for me, these other players are, we're all getting bigger and stronger and, you know, and then the reality of the rankings and the true reality of what championships and, and winning teams. And, you know, you go from a high school where a big old pile, and then you go to college where there's a lot smaller pile. Yeah. And then when you go from college, it's a, to, to the NBA, there's a small pile. Right. And so through that process, the shocking nature of, of holy shit, um, this either my visualization needs to get more intense um, and I need to really recreate or create something even greater within myself, or I'm going to lose, I'm going to slip, this is going to slip away from me. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, my junior year, I had kind of seen everything. I'd seen all these other players. Uh, these players were where they are. You know, I had teammates that were, as great as they're going to be. I had one teammate, Clarence Weatherspoon, which is amazing. Um, he was just unbelievable, right? Unbelievable player, whatever. And I'm saying, hey, listen, I'm not that. And I'm not going to be that. Mm. But I'm going to be, what am I going to be, right? I remember having the fear uh, and, anxi- and anxiety, but also to the, the uh, I'd made it this far off this visualization. I'd made it this far off seeing my life in this next place. And it was so true and pure to me that there was something there for me. I belonged there somehow. I don't know how it was that I said, I'm going to do what I did at the beginning to accelerate all of this. So I would get up in the middle of the night. I would run. I would, I would visualize. I would literally stop after training and running in the middle of the night when everybody else was sleeping. And I'd sit in the park and I would just, just literally intently visually visualize this storybook ending of where I would end up somehow, you know? I would manifest the Michael Jordan story over and over again. I became obsessive again with following the Bulls and and just, you know what I mean? And just like watching every NBA thing I could get, you know what I'm saying? So I, 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 I re-accelerated um, that whole process. And then coming into my senior year, I ended up having a, a pretty decent year and uh, at that point in time, uh, I was supposed to get drafted and they had a, a huge lineup of, of new draft guys come out early. And so I was pushed out of the draft. And so, uh, but my name was out there. And now the visualization and the, and the creative life that I was trying to create for myself was being recognized by someone else that was legitimate and and so they connected a dot with me, right? Mm-hmm. So now this became another level of real. It became another, another level of reality that I, I, I connected onto, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, there's a lot in between that. I will just tell you this much. From that point, I had an opportunity to go and I prepared so intently that I didn't want to hear anything else but 
I'm success. Like you, I, no negativity. I literally carved at every piece of negativity that was around me. And I ended up, I don't know if you want to hear this or not, but I ended up going to Chicago for, cause I had some agents had heard about me. Mm-hmm. And while I was there, I walked, uh, I went to a gym because I was looking to go play. And they said all these other NBA players were playing at this facility in Chicago, Chicago Athletic Club. And I walk into the gym and there's Chicago greats. People have been watching on TV and everything else. And what I didn't tell you was I had ended up firing these agents because they uh, tried to, I found out they tried to send me to Europe instead of, you know, my dream of the NBA. And I actually had teams that were interested in me. Oh, no way. And so they took up on their own hands to, you know, on my career. And so once again, I'm not going home. I'm there for a reason. So I'm stuck in Chicago. I go to this gym the next day and I start playing and all the emotion in the world just came above me, came upon me. And I just, that high school junior year where I just didn't think anymore. I just reacted. And the next thing you know, I'm jumping over guys, dunking on guys. I'm yeah, I'm like, and these are all NBA guys and top level college players. And I'm just letting it go, right? Not thinking at all, nothing to lose. And after about two games, two, three games, uh, this guy walks up to me, a uh, little bull-legged guy walks up to me. He looks at me straight in my eyes and says, why are you so angry? and I look at him and I said, why do you care? Right? Like, you know, and he looks at me and he says, he goes, what are you doing here? And I told him my story that I was there to make it to the NBA and, and all this stuff had happened. And I just, I was just upset. I was just like, just, I needed to just, just get it out. Right. Yeah. And he says, if you're here to make it to the NBA, meet me here tomorrow morning at 7am. And, uh, I'll see what you got. And so he starts walking away. And as he's walking away, everybody starts telling me, man, do you know who that is? And I go, what? No, who, who's that? He goes, that's Michael Jordan's trainer. Wow. And I go, you're freaking kidding me, right? Okay, so here it is, Michael Jordan's trainer. I didn't go there to see Michael Jordan. And you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, my all my body and everything else is just like oh my god i can't believe what's going on and and so i was there at 6 45 a.m the next morning uh took a taxi there and um he walks in the gym and uh he starts working me out and about 45 minutes later he goes all right i got a workout partner that's going to work out with you and uh kind of check you out and we'll see what you got so i'm sitting on the sideline waiting after this little workout second floor to Chicago Athletic Club, the elevator opens. And you know that moment that you feel like something is getting ready to happen, you know? And all this manifestation and just, it was a, a unique moment. And you just go, nah, I can't be. And as I thought that, out walks Michael Jordan. No. <laughs> yeah, true story. Tim Grover had brought Michael Jordan over and told him about me. 
And this, this wristband, this whole manifestation, this belief, this everything just catapulted right then and there. And I got chills and I look at him and I go, are you kidding me? And he goes, you want to be with the best? You want to be the best? Then you train with the best. And so from that point on, Michael Jordan kind of, we worked out and started training together. And, and uh, he challenged me against other players, challenged me that day. And I leaped above and beyond. He goes, do what you were doing yesterday. I leap above and beyond. And man, and, and all of a sudden my story became real. Paul, yeah. my story became real. All the doubts, the naysayers, the this, the that, the other. I was in front of a guy who was the best player on the planet at the time. And, and he validated me. Wow. And it just so happens that he was the reason why I started playing the game. So. Man, that is an epic story. <laughs> I, I, I pinch myself today. Paul, I, I just do it. You know, and, and, and it comes back to that, just the whole simplicity around back yourself and take a chance. Put yourself in position for opportunity to expose itself. Yes. But be ready for it. Do the hard work. Do the, do the you know, as you said earlier, no secrets. It's just hard work. It's a vision. It's belief. It's surrounding yourself with the right people, the right mindset, and just continuously open the next door, open the next door, open the next door, and just keep moving forward despite the adversity, the challenges and things. So it's that whole moment. And then and then backing yourself, like to go to Chicago and fire the agents that, you know, I mean, how many how many um, basketball players in your position at that time go, well, Europe's a good player. Yeah, why not? Like, you know, yeah. it may not be the NBA, but, hey, I'm still going to, be playing right. sport for, you know, playing professionally, right. getting paid. And, you know, how many would have just sort of t taken that ch chance rather than going, right. oh, screw that, man. Like, no, I, I that, that, that's not my vision. That, that, exactly. that, that's, that's over that way. Yeah. And it's, all, it's all in. Yeah. All yeah. in that, that whole thing. And that's, and there's, there's so many, you know, there's so many underlying moments in people's success that come to that very, pivotal point again and um decision yeah. the fact that you put yourself in that position to and as you said like the manifestation the, the belief the vision like the stars aligning to to make that stuff come true and, and visualization has been a massive part of my life and success as well and it's it's amazing how things come to that that point yeah. of reality right um, when you just keep persisting and persisting and backing yourself home, but, but, but underpin it with all the hard work that is required to get there, of course. And you know, what's interesting about that, the hard work part of it, um, the hard work, it, like to, when someone says hard work and you, I know, you know, this, like it's love, man. Like, so, if you understood what, if you understand the connection point between what we identify as hard work to, a, to that point of happiness, it's actually loving yourself to the most. It's actually pushing yourself, you know, constantly into this outside your comfort zone because your brain's going to tell you to protect yourself. Like everything's going to tell you to protect, 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 protect. 
And it's, it's these euphoric moments that you get an acceptance of, I did it, I did it, I did it within this time frame. Well, if you would have pushed yourself to, to do this sprint in that time frame, or to, uh, you know, you're looking at, let's say you're at a work or a business, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're looking for the answer for something, or you're looking for a solution for something, or you're trying to lead people, and you just stop with the norm, right? And, but that extra push and that push and that loving your, loving that outcome of that peak moment that you're going to get at some point, it's, it's not work to me. Like I've transferred, I've learned to transfer that in what I do now. And one of the most difficult thing is to, to transfer it to my son Mm -hmm. because he has to do it he has to go through that process too. And so, but what I did notice though, the acceleration point is getting rid of all things that keep you from it. Yeah. Can be the difference between doing it in six months or, or 16 years. Right. Absolutely. And so when you, when you express yourself solely into the purity of it all, understanding it, understanding, you know, look, this hard work, this hard work, this hard work. I'm going to get rid of any negativity, the thought of anything distracting me from getting to that point so that I can reach that faster. Then once I reach it faster, I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to do it again. And then I'm going to have this calming confidence that I don't have to tell you about. I just know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, that, that's, that's a, a piece, man. Oh. And so trying to help my son find that right now is what's really powerful because he's starting to get little essence of it now. Yeah. Yeah. You just described that beautifully. That whole, that whole passage was, was, was phenomenal because it is, you're right. It's the language around peak performance is kind of a little bit outdated. I think we, you know, using, and even myself using the word hard work and, and yes, my version of hard work means, exactly similar to what you just expressed it it's it's not work when you're passionately intrinsically motivated and it's attached to the thing that lights you up most it's just right. what you do yes it's, it's just what you, you choose you to spend your attention on what you spend your time on yeah. and then it's then you decide whether you're going to challenge yourself outside those boundaries of comfort or not right but that in itself is i mean that's your peak experience right there isn't it? Isn't into, it though? You can't get into flow without the struggle and the challenge. It's not possible. It's not possible. You you, you can't. It's not rewarding. Can't get in a flow, just sort of going for a light jog. Right. Yeah. You know, well, you can sort of exercise and juice yourself into a low grade flow state, but sure. not to the point where acceleration, as you're talking, is is possible. Like that growth and that learning is enhanced in that flow state, that deep flow state. So, it's going. Yeah, this is what I love doing, and I would spend my time doing this whether I loved it or you know, or got paid or not. Right. But the fact that you've got it intrinsically stacked and motivated, uh, sorry, intrinsically motivated and stacked through goals and a visualization process. Yes. Is that's the recipe for for getting up in the morning at four a.m. or five a.m. to go and yeah. you know do the thing you love doing. It's Absolutely. not sacrificed at that time. Not, you're not sacrificing. This is what I do. Right. This is who I am, and this is how I show up to do that thing. 
and that's a really important um, thing to to clarify. And especially, you know, I, I know there's a lot of young athletes that will listen to this as well. That you know, that's the difference maker is is make, making sure that it's it's intrinsically tied to who you are and and yeah. things that you're passionate about, creativity and things like you know we, we've already discussed. Um, yeah. Really, really important. So, okay, so. So now you, you know, you're you so you were drafted to the Chicago Bulls. You you got on you got onto the Chicago Bulls team, and you're now in this. Um, as you said, my my vision has become a reality. Yes. Now. Now from that moment, so let's let's get into talking about personality. So the different personalities, and we've touched on this a little bit. The personality of a Michael Jordan, the personality of um, you know, and you've played with some phenomenal players, so. How important is being authentic to your own personality vital to the success um, and growth of yourself as a as an athlete or a businessman or the thing that you you're striving to do? Like, how important is authenticity to your personality and staying true to that? Like, not becoming, you know, like okay, so you know, Roger Federer plays tennis like this, right? But a um, you know, Mont feels is more creative and flary and, you know, wants to right, do right. crazy things. So can Monfields operate like Federer and become great like Federer or can Federer operate like Monfields and still be great? Like how, how important is you being true to yourself and your own personality vital to your success? I, I, I truly believe just because, especially because uh, the way I've made it in everything I've done. So making it to pro sports was a creative experiment that I was just completely bought in and authentic to 100%. It was, it was a manifestation. It was a, uh, a creative, like I said, experiment, but it was backed with just absolute undying passion and like just all in period. Uh, if I would have tried to duplicate and be my teammate in college, I would have made it. Uh, if I would have tried to be someone else, I would have made it. So when I wrote my book, uh, and, and I bring that up again, but, but uh, I, there's a point, there's a reason why. That's another authentic place where you have to be careful, like when people write books, because there's so much camouflage. But when a, when a book moves lives without you being there, continually and that ebb and flow of just like connection points and stuff like that, that comes from a place of pure authenticity. Mm -hmm. And so when I wrote my book, I told them, I said, good, bad, or indifferent. It's simple, but advanced uh, research that I did, whatever, but I, I brought it down in layman's terms and I'm going somewhere with this. So uh, the fact, the nature of uh, it being authentic, whether you like it or not, it is, it is, that's, that's exactly what it is. It is what it is. There's no explanation. There's no nothing. It, this is it, right? Mm -hmm. Because I treated it that way, um, I, I get a chance to enjoy the stories coming back to me of lives that were changed. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, when I, uh, when I accomplished things in real estate uh, and my design build business, against everybody else's way of doing this 
I was authentic to me and what I saw. Because, you know, the worst thing in the world is to, number one, fail for someone else's vision of yourself. But I, I can't connect to it unless. So, so in my life, in my life, the more authentic I am to myself, the greater I can become. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's, not, uh, it's not a prototype stamped direction. It is not, I might take principles and concepts of things that I've learned and, and researched and this and that and the other, but the plan is unique to me. Yeah. Because my growth pattern, my triggers, my, uh, my ups, my downs, you know, the, the, the times that I fail on my, on my pureness of dedication. And I, I, the one thing I can tell you though, is once you get it once, you're addicted to the rest of your life one way or another. Yeah. Once, once you felt that and you know exactly what I'm talking about, Hell yeah. <laughs> you'll be searching for it throughout. And, and so like you were saying earlier, this constant journey of trying to find that, uh, you know, you can call it zone or like you said, you call it the flow, whatever it is. It's just that, that peace for that moment and that ultimate happiness and like everything in sync, you know? Yeah. And, I've noticed that you can do it over and over in different things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and it's, but again, it comes back to that, to that person, who you are, the authenticity yeah. in it, right? You know, I, I found playing music, one of those flow experiences, like I lose myself in a Dude, hours. you're good at it. I don't know why you don't keep playing music. You're freaking good. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Um, you're a different person, man. Like it's a, you're just a soul up there, brother. I'm like, wow. Uh, thanks, man. Yeah, it, it, but it, and it transports me. You know, I haven't performed in many, many years, but I pick up that guitar behind me, and I'm transported to another universe, another yeah. place of peace and and happiness and joy, and and that, and it's really cool. And and the, there are many things in our lives that can do that. You know, playing with my two-year-old daughter, I can bring yeah. me that. Um, going out with my wife, or going on a, a trail run, or you know. Yeah, there's so many things in life that bring us that moment if we allow ourselves to tap into the, you know, stub toe moments where we just <laughs> yeah. thinking about the future or the past and just be purely present. You know, in spend, the moment. Spend a bit more time being rather than doing. That's that's excellent. Yeah, so um that's excellent. Right, yeah. And, and it's and and again, peak peak happiness you know we've got these set points for happiness that sort of happen to us about the age of nine to twelve they, they suggest that we get this set point of like this is how sad we can get and this is how happy we can get and beyond right. that the only thing that can can either raise the bar for our happiness is peak experiences is flow is those yeah. moments where passion purpose autonomy and mastery and um, creativity all meet together in that yeah. thing that we would do you know, some, some people find it in baking. Right. And some people find it in reading and, uh, or writing or right. jumping off cliffs, free basing or climbing mountains with no, yeah. with no ropes. Yeah. You know, Which is amazing. We all, we all have it. And, and it's, uh, and I feel like it's our, our birthright to know what that is and to spend more time doing it because on the back end of it, as you described earlier, we're happier, we're better people. We, we, we send a bigger ripple effect around the world um, yes. through, through the energy we, we put out after that.
and and I think that's that's why I'm so passionate about flow and what the you know training people to find more of it. Um, right. It, it increases performance and well-being, but the ripple effect it has on the people around you is yeah. is 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 um is phenomenal. So, but anyway, let's get back to this. Um, so I want to be mindful of time um, for you and. Um, so I want to talk about a bit of group flow, group connection. So in terms of your experience as, um, and I want you to contextualize this from both as an athlete, as an NBA star, and also as a business owner okay. and, and, and collaborating from a business aspect. Yes. You know, so there's, there's individual flow and group flow. And group flow is when, you know, you know, those moments when you're playing with that team and everything is just, you know, every pass, every move, every decision is or it's automatic. It's just firing, but you're right. in sync with other people. Right. And so what was, you know, do you have any moments of that ecstasy of that group flow in, in sport and then, and in business? And, and how do you feel, how do you get that? I mean, what would you say would be how to get that? So, um, I can speak strong, strongly both sides, but I can speak intelligently about the business side now because I'm doing it over and over again. And it's what I seek on a daily basis with my, my workers. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I, I seek it. Uh, and I, I put myself aside to let it happen, you know, uh, meaning I let everybody else's uh, growth and wherever they are on their journey of growth, I let I let it be, and I understand it. Uh, and and the one of the ways, the one of the biggest reasons why I, I feel like I'm able to do that, and I like doing it every day, is because when I wrote that book, like I said, chapter five, exposing the thief from within, the most powerful thing that happens was understanding that there was a thief from within. But I think even more now, more powerful than that. It's for leadership to understand that everybody else has a thief. Mm -hmm. Because now all the baggage goes away. You're like, wait a minute. Because the reality of it is, yeah, I have a thief. These are my limiting beliefs or whatever. But this guy that works for me or this guy that I'm trying to motivate or this person that I'm trying to motivate, whether it's relationships or business or whatever, they're also dealing with their own thief. So if I don't add to their baggage and then add to my own baggage of judging them and why are they, you know, and creating this dumb complex thing, mm -hmm. I just am raw with it. I'm able to help them not only reach their own goals, but also reach a, a bit of inner peace and understanding it, right? And so I'm speaking of that strongly because I'm exercising it constantly on a daily basis. I just did it today. Yeah, where there was there was such peace and zen in this project that I was just in, and there was a brand new employee that had that only been there a couple of days, and there was a guy I'd worked with, with who I call a Neanderthal, <laughs> <laughs> but I love him because because he he he's allowed me to he trusts me in the process, and his dedication individually I just helped him raise the level but I had to break down all the barriers first, you know? Mm. So, so that's on the business side. I'll, I can retouch on that, but on the sports side, a lot of that is a forced, um, a lot of that, it was a, a forced thing to make happen on teams. 
but I'll be honest with you, my my most pleasurable moment and experience of that was when it was completely unforced and it went back to something that connected me from the very beginning. I told you, I mentioned you earlier that I received a pass from Michael Jordan on a play. Yeah. And to me, it was probably my biggest, one of my biggest plays ever. Um, and the reason why it was, was because it was completely authentic and organic. I had gotten to know this human being who was the greatest in the, in the world, who, who validated me and gave me a space within this entire universe of basketball and passed me the ball and said, I trust you. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. And that step toe moment happened. It, it, it was just in sync because there's only a few times where that's been that pure to me. And he was just so happy to be involved in, you know, all of them for the most part. Yeah, yeah. And, and so he passed me the ball. I cut baseline. Uh, they double teamed him like clockwork. He passed me the ball and I just jumped. Yeah. And I ended up dunking on three or four guys for Golden State Warriors. And I've watched that video over, he probably didn't know this, but I've watched that video over and over again recently in the last couple of years because of my son uh, and just the rawness of the moment. And seeing him, he stood up like, Oh shit, he did it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he did it, right? Yeah. But we have been practicing. Phil Jackson practices the uh, you know, the, the triangle offense. You literally wake up in the middle of your night sweating that you're not you that you're not in the wrong place. It's it's literally clockwork, 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 clockwork. But the moment that that play happened, it was kind of odd. It wasn't perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was authentic and real. Yeah. It's, and so uh, teams like the Chicago Bulls who won multiple championships, who mastered being in the right place at the right time, the science of this, that, the other, balancing the personalities, you know, the Michael Jordans, the Scottie Pippins, the, all the different dynamics they had, the Dennis Robbins, and yeah. that big beast of a, of a take on – you know what I mean? I had one, a few moments in that that were just so raw that it was the same thing to me. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Without yeah. being this big, robust engine. Yeah. Remember yeah. I told you that it's in that happiness, whether it's that step toe moment or whether it was an accidental moment that was just raw because someone validated me and, and, and gave me a space. Yeah, that's a really, really valid point. Just on that context where you said, he created space for me, he passed me the ball and trusted me to execute. And that's exactly what you're doing in business. You know, it's exactly yeah. what great leadership looks like is going, cool, we're going to work on this and then we're going to create the space and then the trust behind it is so, so important in business, in life, in everything going, Yes. Cool. I yeah. trust you and validate that you know, I believe in you and, and I know you can get the job done. Right. And then, so I think that's those two things like fit beautifully together from your business, what you talked about in terms of business and then in that sporting context as well. Yeah. They, thank you. Yeah. I, I, actually, 
yeah, I could see that that it, that's what it feels like. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's super cool. And, and and so in terms of leadership, from say, you know, and, and I know you you played for uh, multiple different teams, and obviously Phil Jackson and the Chicago Bulls have been in the limelight more so again of recent with the Last Dance documentary, which was phenomenal. I thought um, I, I loved yeah. it, and I think it connected a lot of new young people back to basketball and and to Jordan as well and the Bulls, but um, it, it, it sort of touched on Phil Jackson's coaching style. He had more of a holistic approach in his coaching yep. and leadership. Yep. You know, how different was that from other coaches that you experienced and what was the outcome? For you personally, as, as someone that, you know, as, a, as a, an individual person, but also in, in terms of the, the team dynamic. So personalities, which was phenomenal as well. So uh, the Chicago Bulls experience was uh, so unique uh, because, of, because of his leadership style and the fact that these dynamic personalities bought into it. Uh, it forced you to res not only respect it, but to engage in it the way it should be, right? Mm. So for me, for my style, Phil Jackson had the knowledge to know that he wasn't going to give me too much room to think. However, he knew that step to moment, that whatever he sensed, he picked it up. He did his thing. We would have a meeting and it would be few words. He would let me answer my own questions. Yeah. And it, it represented the most trust that a leader can have in someone they're trying to lead because I'm going to trust you to come up with the right answer. I'm going to trust you. You know right from wrong. Don't overthink it. Now you come up with the right. I mean, it was as powerful as you can get. It grew me up as a man, and like, and I say as a man, but like as a responsible human being for the actions that I would take. Wow. It, it eliminated all excuses and everything else. It was just the pure, raw, the right answer. You know what to do, period. Wow. And would you do that with, with sort of holding space and silence again? Would he just sort of just sit there with a, with a look on his face? Would, it, would he just be able to prompt the right questions? Yeah, it, it, the question would be very simple. Like he would bring me in the office and uh, he'd hold a, have a newspaper. He'd lean back and, and he'd put the newspaper down and look at me and goes, so how you doing? And I go... Uh, good, whatever. You know how we always kind of like, yeah, you know, pretty good, blah, blah, blah. And he leans back. He goes, hmm. He leans back. Silence. Leans forward again and says, so how do you think you did last night? And make me answer it. Yeah. And, and what I wanted to say was, well, I don't know. How do you think I did last night? <laughs> <laughs> and so he wouldn't say a word. And he would just wait. And I would, well, yeah, I, I think I did, you know, blah, blah, blah. He'd look at me and I said, well, I could have probably did this a little better. And like, I would start just telling him what, you know what I mean? What I did or did not do or whatever. And then at the end of it, you know, he he said, look at me and says, so you know what to do then, right? And I go, yes, sir. And that'd be it. Right? As opposed to a yelling, screaming coach who micromanages you 
you know, I trained a, a, a few CEOs uh, about two years ago. And um, one of them, I helped them find some Zen and balance. And the, he was a young, young CEO, one of the top recruited CEOs in the, in the world uh, in his 40s. And they would hire him for companies and he'd come take over the company and uh, just really accelerate the companies. And then they would sell the companies and he could move to the next company or whatever. Right. And so he read my book. Uh, uh, He hired me to come to speak for his company and he ended up getting a copy of my book and he read it. He called me one day and uh, he said, I wanted to, you know, take you to dinner. So we went to dinner and he says, I want to give my wife this book for her to read chapter five. What do you think about that? And so we discussed this. And what I didn't know is that this CEO was on the verge of a splitting marriage. And so uh, fast forward, the, 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 the information that we're talking about, about finding that peace and that balance and her being extremely successful, his wife from the past and him being extremely successful, but yet going on two different paths without, without staying connected to that, what it is that makes them happy, almost destroyed it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I would have never known this unless he had shared it with me. Lo and behold, he decides to sell the company. They adapted some of the concepts Sold the company for $3 billion, by the way. Nice little figure. And to this day, we discuss and we talk about the power of allowing leadership, uh, the, 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 what it means to be a powerful leader and just being a leader. It's better to just be a leader mm-hmm. because, because you could produce other leadership within people, within themselves. And things work more organic and natural and flow so much better. And so, um, so um, the way I look at all of this stuff, I mean, it's totally different uh, maybe than a lot of people, but I've heard and had a chance to experience from people who it's really changed their lives and they value, value it big time. Yeah. Uh, Value it big time. So, yeah. um, not to go off tangent too much, but I wanted to share that because uh, that still sticks with me to this day, you yeah. know, that, that everybody's all can be out doing all this stuff. And it's like, you know, our performance and our peak, our performance and our um, happiness is closer than we think. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a Chicago Bulls like dunk or some big, you know what I mean? Um, it's just an understanding of how to get there, I think. Yeah, I think that that is exactly the point, is understanding how to connect with yourself, to understand what kind of brings you to those moments of rapt attention. And again, flow, to use that word, but um, peak experiences and, and to do it with people that are in alignment to, to the values that you hold and, right. and share the same path is, is really important as well. Um, so... Just to start kind of wrapping things up a little bit here. Um, so you sort of 
you're back to sort of you know building and, and architecture design building and stuff like that and that's sort of a, a back to a core passion but you know what does what does joe courtney have in store for the future what's the you, know, you talked about visual visualization so much and manifestation like from this point forward like you know what's the vision there and and i know that chase your son who's doing extremely well in his own basketball pathway as well i know you spent a lot of time um with him helping him out you know so and i know that's part of the the pathway a little bit so what what's the the, the vision you've casted now moving forward and how how important is that for you to to live into that well you know the big the biggest uh tip i'll i'll kind of answer it as as uh uh, as sufficiently as possible, you know. There's a three. There's three parts. Okay. Uh, the first thing is is uh, my son's journey is going to be uh, continuous, right? So uh, I think it's very important to have for someone to have been ex- able to experience the things that I've experienced, and uh, you wait. You you wait for that moment to where you can look at him in his eyes and say, "That's it." That's what I'm. That's what I was talking about, right? So that's a part of a journey that I'm going to continue being on. When it comes to me and as an individual uh, and my businesses, uh, I like creating uh, that. Ex- I, I like creating those experiences within everything I can touch for my projects and what I do, and the people. I like elevating people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like moving myself to the side in order to do it too, because I think it it it, it becomes un, unassuming if I can accomplish it that way, you know. And and I think I'm I'm actually doing a good job if I can create leadership and peace and zen within people within, so that when they have been involved in something with me, that they'll never forget that experience. That that's a goal of mine. And then the last thing uh, is my, my, uh, riding into the sunset, you know, I would love to, and I'm going to, uh, once I've kind of had this little five year journey that I've been on for myself and my businesses, uh, is to give back to the world and unlocking as many people as possible, uh, to help find some peace. Uh, and I, and I, and I hate to use the word peace, even though I don't hate to use the word peace, but I hate to misrepresent what I'm saying. Um, it's the, it's that uh, fulfillment, I think. Yeah. And helping them re-identify what fulfillment is for them. Like, I don't think they know because there's so much information coming at them through so many different factors that they buy into things that's not really authentic to who they are and what they're true, you know what I mean? Yeah. And And being able to carve all of that back and create that little slice of peace uh, a fulfillment for them is for me, it's the best feeling in the world, you know, uh, yeah. and being able to, to, to help people tap into it. So I've had an opportunity to do that. And I realized that I had a connection point with it that was higher than I thought for myself. And I want to pursue that more. Yeah. Beautiful. And I, and I know that that's the, the meeting point where we, we first met with, you know, I got to experience, you being on stage yeah you know like sharing your knowledge and wisdom around that stuff and and it really had a huge impact on my life and then and and funny enough visualization vision you know i think you spoke 
I think you spoke twice um, at this conference and the first day listening to you, I thought, man, I, I, I'd love to be doing what Joe's doing. I'd love to. Right. Yeah, and then that night we met and then you invited me up on stage the next day to share one of my visualization stories, funny enough. Yeah, and you killed uh, it, man. You did awesome. On stage with, uh, with about five, 600 people, whatever it was. And that was one of those Michael Jordan wristband moments for me because that set me on a pathway of going, I want to help inspire people through my own success and failures and journey, but getting back to what lights them up. And I've been fortunate to chase that experience around for most of my life, doing things that I really love doing. Right. And I know when I'm doing those things, I'm just, I'm just better. And I know when I'm doing those things that aren't authentic and aren't the things that light me up, that I can be really, really average at the same time. Absolutely. So it's really understanding those triggers, what connects us. And, right. you know, and I really feel like, you know, as you said, that, that peace and that happiness, that joy, that those peak experiences, they're already within us. It's, yes. it's that carving out. You know, if we're a block, it's like carving out the pieces that are getting in, in the way of our masterpiece. Absolutely. You know, you know, um, so I feel like that's part of the journey. And I want to thank you because you've inspired me um, to, to head this direction and, uh, and, and you continue to inspire me just by talking to you and, uh, and staying, staying connected to you on social media and things. But, um, Absolutely. Just the, la- the last question I have for you just to, to finish up here is it's just, it's, it's, it's twofold. So firstly, what does, I, I want in your words, I want you to describe what that peak experience that those flow moments feel like to the best yeah. of your ability. Because yeah. um, I know it's an elusive kind of, right. Uh, but I ask everybody on the show to describe their version of it, okay. and then also to 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 take that and go, what are the what are the three things that are most important for for leaders moving forward into the future, given the uncertainty and the uh, complexity of what we're faced faced with at the moment? Um, what are the what are your top three suggestions for leaders to to exemplify and embrace and live into um, and how does those peak experiences connect with that leadership? Hopefully I've asked that in a, in a, in a, in a way that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I think, yeah, I think you did. Um, so the first thing is what is my representation or my, uh, uh, yeah, my representation basically of that, that, uh, you know, uh, Evan flow moment or, being yeah. in that, being in that space, right? Being in the zone, yeah, yeah. So here's here's what I feel what it is. I feel that uh, I'll make a statement first. I feel like you cannot know what it feels like unless you've gone all in. All in doesn't mean uh, doesn't have to mean this big huge picture. It's just whatever your that is that you're trying to reach that focus point that goal that whatever it is. The worst thing you can do is 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 not go. 100% all in because the the level of purity and the intensity has to do with the amount of of, of everything within you going towards it mm-hmm. right and once you've achieved that minor goal that that whatever it is that uh, you're trying to achieve and you hit that moment uh, the feeling of it is 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 not, it's it's more of something that you feel 
that you don't have enough words fast enough to explain. Mm -hmm. It's the most powerful connection point for a moment that, that you can experience. Yeah. Right. So that, that would be my representation of that. And then as far as three things that I think leaders today going forward, uh, with that in mind, um, you know, the first thing I think is, is going back to that again, I think it's even more important today to, uh, help people stay, stay or find out their purpose. Like, and I say that purpose is a big word to say, but who are you? No matter what you do, I'm not trying to tell you to go find out who you are within this job or that job. No, but who are you? You need to know that first. When Paul grabs that guitar, if, if I had to get the most out of you, I wouldn't even start until you're done playing. Yeah. I, your, your, your euphoria would be up and ready first. Yes. Because without doing that, I'm not connecting you who you are. So it's going to take a longer process to get to that point. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, you just nailed it, man. You just nailed my, the, the thing that, that holds my belief so much right now is that you know, it doesn't matter what you're going to go and do. If you do that thing that brings you that euphoria, you'll right. go back into the world for the rest of that day, a different person. A different person. Now imagine people walking around not knowing what that is for them. Yeah. So I think it's critical uh, to have a baseline of, a, of connecting people and helping them understand who they are. And if they don't know, fine, find out, right? And then teaching them uh, the, the process of how they get to the point where they can actually be the best they can be. And it starts with that true on. Uh, authenticity of who you are, what you are, so that you walk around and whatever you attach yourself to from that point on as an authentic human being. And now you have a chance. You're not living a falsity. So, you know, uh, and then, you know, the, 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 the communication uh, is the second thing. Teaching uh, leaders to communicate and then uh, pure, clear, it is what it is and, and condition them to understand why people communicate certain ways. Right. Uh, I think that's also uh, very important because communication can shut down a, 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 an ebb and flow moment, man. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so that's the second thing. And then the third thing is, you know what I'm going to say? Identify the thief from within baby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, you're not a leader unless you understand it. Everybody else has one. Yeah. And, and that you understand how yours is triggered and how it affects the people around you. And that's been a big journey of mine in the last little while, especially the last few years, is knowing that going, the shadow within me, like that, that inner yeah. thief that, you know, gets triggered, it reacted, triggers a certain behavior, a certain response, and it's not real. And, you know, and finding, Simple practices like a gratitude, mindfulness, meditation, right. and then connecting back to the, doing the things that light me up. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, we kind of go through those moments of like, we've, we've got it we're, and then we can get triggered. We, you know, we can, it's up and down, right? We're not up and down. perfect, yeah. but it's knowing 
it's getting familiar with that thief and understanding it going, I can see how this is about to trigger the thief. Yeah. I know how to interject, uh, interject something or some sort of protocol in there or belief or mindset or tool that I can go, okay, I can, I can avoid getting the, the thief involved in this conversation if I deploy this or I feel this or I act upon this way. And that's been a big shift that I'm trying to integrate continuously into my days. And the right. days where you sort of get it, it's, 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 a, it's a game changer. It really is a massive game changer. Game changer. And it's authentic. It's authentic. It's real. You know, yeah. uh, you're, you're not leaving anything on the table. And do you think it's important to, to com- you know, so in the communication of that, it's important as a leader to, to communicate that with your, with your team going, look, you know, we've got to identify. It's important for us to know, you know, what's your thief? Who is your thief? What are they about? Yes. Let's, yes. let's yes. put this on the table so then we can all, we can all protect each other or, or actually communicate in a certain way that, you know, you know, certain people need to be spoken to in a certain way or they need certain styles yeah. of communication that yes. doesn't trigger them. So sometimes what you don't say to someone can trigger their thief by going, Absolutely. They don't like me. Do they not like what I'm doing? That's that's the reason why. And that's the reason why. And that's why I I chalk it up to uh, teaching communication part of it first. And then layering on, okay, here's why you need to be able to communicate. So now you can understand this concept. Because we want ultimate success at the end of the day. So you can't allow this to be on the table. It's just on it. It's inauthentic. You're lying to yourself if you think that that's not there, right? And so it's better to get it out of the way. And so you just step people up. Who are you first? Number one, what are your connection points? They open up completely. Secondly, how do you communicate? How do other people communicate? You know, understanding that dynamic, right? What's the proper communication? And then thirdly, here's a, a source of communication that we all have to deal with within ourselves. Yeah. And as a leader, as you grow, guess what? Now that you understand yours, remember everybody else has one too. So now you have the power to move it all out of the way and help someone become their true authentic self and help them reach that goal, that performance point, that everything else, because now there's nothing else in their way. Yeah, beautiful, man. That's, yeah. that's, that's a great way to end, end our conversation today. I love that. Awesome, man. Joe look again look to to touch on that like if you want to check out Joe's book it's called Life Above and Beyond the Rim Um, I've got a copy it's phenomenal Um, it's uh is it 10 step 10 10 yes 10 principles 10 principles yeah it's uh, it's ultimate success and and uh, it is a uh it's a pretty interesting journey so Amazon has it and uh keep it you know very simple but it's a it's a great little tool yeah, no, it's a phenomenal book, and and I know I've gifted that to to a number of people over the years, and it's um, yeah, it's it's been a, an influence on my life, and I love the way you just sort of narrow it all down to sort of really simple terms and 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 applicable um, things, steps to sort of help people on their journey, and uh, yeah, man. So we look forward to sort of seeing you back in that limelight, up on the stage, speaking, inspiring people, and. Uh, Right, but no doubt through the work you're doing in your design and and through the um, through the knowledge and wisdom you're passing on to Chase, who's going out there in the world doing his awesome things and, and his own success in his own right, 
through his own dedication, hard work is, you know, you're touching the lives of many through no matter what you do, man, just by being you. Um, Thank you for that. You have people like you out in the world um, spreading that positivity and, and stuff. And, you know, I really uh, hope to get you back on the show sometime soon again. Um, All right. I, I would love it, man. I would love it. We could take the next step. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much, Joe. I okay. appreciate the time and um, thanks for being on the Floatcast. All right, man. Have a great evening and tell her, tell tell your beautiful family I said hello and and uh, thank you, thank you again. Um, I will tell them that for sure. Thank you, Joe. All right. Have a good night. Thank you for dialing into the Floatcast. I hope you took away some valuable insights to make your challenges and journey a little more epic. If you'd like to learn more about how we can help you find more flow and upskill your vision and mindset, check out our flow programs at www.inspiredpeakperformance.com or you can follow us at Instagram at inspiredpeakperformance. Thanks again for sharing your valuable time with us and please feel free to share and subscribe to the Flowcast. Until next time, get out there, Find your flow and create your own inspired peak performances daily. Just to make sure that-